for science's sake I will not keep silent for science's sake I'll not hold my peace Welcome to For Zion's Sake Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we start another week of broadcasting. And the subject is a very important one this week, as as it is every week. We're going to be talking about covenants And it's not a word that we use in our everyday language, but biblically speaking, Junie, this is a very, very significant word. And perhaps before we get into the specific covenants that we will be talking about, it might be good, Junie, if you would just give some definitions so we know exactly what it means, because it's it's more significant understanding God and his dealings with people than it is with people to people, although a covenant is involved with personal relationships as well. Uh, Yes, Shelley, and this comes from the encyclopedia, that some discussions of the word covenant and its meaning would be helpful to many people of the 21st century. It is similar to the meaning and the idea of contract, although the two words are perfectly, not perfectly synonymous, and the differences between them are significant. In the ancient Middle East, in which the Bible was written, a covenant was a formal agreement that caused or implied several things. One, first, a covenant defined or sometimes created a relationship. This relationship might be between a king and his vassal states, between a deity and his nation, between two humans. And as you mentioned, when it's between two humans, a covenant like the marriage covenant, we make a promise in sickness and health, for richer, for poorer, until death do we part, that a covenant between men have been broken over and over and over again. But God is faithful to his covenants. The second meaning of covenant, some covenants are conditional. If one party does A, then the other party will do B. Just as with the present day contract, but generally ancient covenants are unconditional. Each party commits to a certain action regardless of whether the other party keeps the covenant. And this is really important, Shelley, for what we're going to be talking about this week with God's covenants for Israel as a nation, 
But it's also important for us to understand as Christians, as those who follow the Messiah, that there are certain promises that God keeps with us because of who he is and what he promised. Three, covenants often included the slaughter of animals as a symbol of their significance. And we're going to be talking about that as well. Four, unlike present-day contracts, covenants often carried no expiration date. Thus, the parties who understood to be bound by the covenant until death or forever in the case of the covenants with God. And that's also very big because God made a covenant with us, but are we making that covenant with God really to be bound to him and to his law, to his ways forever? Five, a covenant is enforced by the civil government. A covenant is regulated by God. Yeah, you meant the, fr- a the contract. contract. Right, right. Go ahead. A contract, I'm sorry. A contract is enforced by the civil government. A covenant is regulated yes. by God. Six, a contract involves the exchange of property or actions. A covenant binds two parties together personally. So it's really powerful, June. It's a word that we don't use. And while you were talking, I thought of how things were in that famous expression in the good old days. Usually a handshake was almost like a covenant. It was agreement. And yet things have so deteriorated in the world and in this country where you can't trust anything because people just break covenants. It's a way of life. You know, if you don't like a contract, even for a business, you break it. And then, you know, it just causes confusion and chaos Uh, in people's lives and in the world. And I think, Shelley, part of that is because there is not the understanding or the knowledge of God. That's right. Or believing that there is one greater than who we are that we need to bow to and uh, walk in his way. And as men and as women, uh, we are not uh, our own guide or uh, the answer to all things. And because God has been eliminated so much in our thinking, in our government, in almost every way of life, even as uh, Christians, I mean, the divorce rate, which is a covenant, is broken. And uh, Christian counselors will say, well, if there's abuse, if there's this or that, then there's a reason to do it when God does not break his covenant with us. And so the understanding of a covenant, I don't even think, would you agree, can be understood without really giving your heart to God and uh, being uh, what uh, his because he desires to have a people and a nation to bear witness that he is faithful. That's really true. And we must remember, and we'll see it throughout this week, God is a covenant-keeping God, and we need to be a covenant-keeping people. And we're going to talk about uh, 
the covenants that God has made with Israel, and it's interesting, Junie, because there's a real false doctrine throughout the world that God is finished with Israel and the church has become the new Israel of God. Well, that's absolutely wrong. But the covenants that God made with Israel are the covenants that we're going to be talking about, which the church participates in. But there's no covenant ever made with the church. All the covenants we're going to talk about in the scriptures is between God and Israel. And if there are listeners who are not Christians, but Jews who don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, or someone who's not a Jew or a Christian listening, I think it's important uh, for you to understand that unless you choose to believe that there is a living God or your heart seeks to find the living God, the understanding of a promise by God or a covenant or an agreement that God would make with Israel or with us as individuals who come to him, who are Jewish or who are not Jewish, that God is faithful. He's not human. He's not like us. You know, we might have been disappointed in life by a father, by a mother, by a husband, by a wife, by a child. But the Lord is faithful, and he's altogether different than we are. And I'm hoping that during the course of this week, there will be a desire put in your heart to know this God who made covenants that some have been seen and fulfilled through uh, the Messiah Jesus and others that are yet to be fulfilled and especially for Israel as a nation uh, and the participation that we have, Jew and Gentile alike, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the church, to stand in the gap and believe for God to open the eyes of unsaved Israel, for God to um, return and for the Lord to deliver his people and um, be the king of the earth in Jerusalem as it's promised in the scriptures. So as we proceed, it's important to understand that God's heart toward Israel is something that must be known and understood in these last days. And perhaps in no other place will be will the glory and the sovereignty of God be demonstrated than in what we can call the death and resurrection of Israel. Because through Israel, the everlasting covenants will be brought to its fulfillment. In the redemption of Israel, we see the suffering and humiliation before the, uh, the glory comes. And just as a reference, David's army assembled in the town of Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to David, According to the word of the Lord, you could see this in First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 23. Each tribe was numbered, and it says of the sons of Issachar in First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, they had understanding of the times and to know what Israel ought to do. So we're going to base everything on the covenants of God, which are necessary to understand, to realize the day and the age that we're living in, because God has never turned his back on Israel, and he never will. And the conclusion of this age is going to take place when they come to uh, understand and realize and acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah. 
So we, we really encourage you to listen carefully and God is going to raise up in these end days sons and daughters of Issachar to understand the days in which we are living and know and understand and be participants in God's calling for Israel. Again, so we're going to go back this week and look at the covenants that God made with Israel and that we serve a covenant-keeping God. And also, Shelley, the covenant-keeping God and the understanding of Israel is also the understanding of the kingdom of God. That's right. The promises that the king of the Jews made to Israel, who is coming back, as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So if you're Jewish, if you're um, from the nations and have accepted Jesus as the Messiah, if you're Jewish and have accepted Jesus as the Son of God and the Messiah, it applies to everyone, whether we believe it or not. So what you're going to be teaching this week on the covenants is a vital ingredient to bring faith to the church. Amen. So, Father, we just ask for an anointing this week for Jew and Gentile alike to understand the meaning of covenants. Yes, Lord. And that this really, the new covenant, makes Jew and Gentile one new man. And we need to see that God wants a spirit of unity. And part of it will come from the understanding and the entrance into the the covenants that God has made with Israel. We pray for this in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And... You can also contact them on their website, ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.